Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting the ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I am Molly Bay. Today is July 19th, 2020. 56 days until possible kickoff. I like the possible. How about that? Possible kickoff. Ugh. It's a mess, and it's gotten worse in the past few days. since (laughs) The past 24 hours. Yeah. Every day keeps getting worse and worse and worse. The outlook is bleak. You know, know, we are going to be optimistic here and say everyone's going to get it all worked out before the season starts. (laughs) Obviously, we have not discussed what we're going to say beforehand in this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) We have some differences in opinion, I guess. Yes, this is our biannual podcast, it feels like. (laughs) Uh, We'll get to that in a second. First, uh, we're going to be talking about some Shaq Barrett news, Donovan Smith's concerns about COVID. Current COVID planning, proposed game day solutions, got some NFC South rival news. What's going on with those jerk-offs? Ryan Jensen's (laughs) latest trophy. Uh, Deshaun Jackson being Deshaun Jackson. And then we're going to discuss a little bit about Tom Brady's accuracy. That's that video I did on YouTube's. The YouTube's. But first, I want to real quickly address why we have not been doing a podcast lately. Uh, we have talked about it every day. We get prepared just about every day, and then we just get a little despondent about things and decide not to do it. We actually did record a full podcast. It was an hour and 15 minutes long the other day, and then after listening to it, I said, no, it, it just doesn't sound right. It's not It's just not, not the, the direction we wanted to take the right, podcast. Right, right. Uh, I'm going to quote Earl Watford here. If you don't remember, he was an offensive lineman for us last year. He said this, he said, sports is supposed to be the escape from all the madness going on in the world. Right now, there is no escape. And that's exactly how I feel. Uh, we had we try to be positive on this podcast. We don't talk politics or a bunch of negativity. Uh, we try to keep upbeat, but it just seems like that is almost impossible to do in this current environment, which is the reason why we have not done a podcast because everything is just so negative everywhere everything's just insane the world's crazy right now and it's hard because it's leaked into sports too and you can't get away from it i haven't even been on bucks twitter for probably a week i just don't i can't i can't i can't deal with it yeah i i I don't i don't want your opinions and politics thrown in my face so we've just kind of stepped away from everything as much as we can and we're still involved in stuff day to day but we just didn't feel that it was an appropriate climate for us to get on and talk about this stuff because like i said we try to keep politics out of sports we feel that there is no this this, this is not the place for politics and sports uh but on buccaneers twitter uh, all you see is people fighting about politics and can't escape it yes and masks and disease and it's just not something I really want to be a part of. So we're going to try to avoid all that, keep it all positive as much as we can here. I'm sure we'll let a few things slip, but here we go. In case you've been living under a rock, Shaq Barrett has signed his franchise tag. The deadline was July 15th and he signed. So we got him. He's a little frustrated that he didn't get a longer term deal, but he's with the Bucks for the next year, at least. He should not be upset because nobody has gotten a long-term deal. I think there's 12 players in the league who were given franchise tags and none of them got long-term deals. It seems to be something that's going on around the league. I think everybody is just so concerned about the future of the league and this season that they don't want to commit to any long-term deals. This is actually the most franchise-tagged players we've had not sign long-term deals, I think, since the franchise tag was first developed. That's an interesting stat. I'm kind of glad to hear that. He has filed a grievance with the NFL to be listed as a defensive end. I do not agree with that. He is a a linebacker. We play a 3-4 defense. He's an outside linebacker. He's he's not a defensive end. I, I know why they're doing it because they want to get that extra two million dollars. Yeah, it's like two. Cap, yeah, but. about two million dollars. Uh, their Pittsburgh Steelers pass rusher Bud Dupree. He's doing the same thing, and I think there are other linebackers in the league that are jumping on that bandwagon. So, 
Yeah, well, I, I'm sure it's going to make the NFL have to restructure their rules on this because it has been a problem both with the Pro Bowl and with contracts, you know, to distinguish between a linebacker, an outside linebacker in a 3-4 system and a defensive end in a 4-3 system. Yeah, there definitely needs to be some clarification. Yes. So, but the good news is we got Shaq if we have a season. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to talk about the COVID planning? Yes, let's get into that. Uh, Apparently, the NFL and the NFL Players Association struck a deal on training camp earlier in July. Uh, And now it seems like there's a lot of bickering going on with the NFLPA saying no. And the players are taking a Twitter... Right. Donovan Smith had posted a couple weeks ago this long screed on Instagram talking about he did not particularly want to play. That was the impression I got, unless there were some... I, You know, the league can't mitigate all the risks. You just can't. I mean, there's still some risk to it. And Donovan, I didn't know this, but his wife is or his girlfriend is expecting... Congratulations, Donovan. Congratulations. Uh, so I kind of understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, there's some risks. There there just is. So a lot of the players around the league, and particularly today, this is Sunday, uh, have been tweeting their dissatisfaction with the league right now. Well, the rookies are supposed to port to camp tomorrow, and okay. then the... Uh, the quarterbacks and injured players can appear on the 23rd. And then the rest, everybody else is supposed to report next Monday, correct? Yeah, um, at the on the 28th. And it might be Tuesday. I, I think it's know. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're, they, they kind of, it almost looks like a strike. You know, they, they're waiting until the last minute and then they all come out, which they all did. They come out in a coordinated effort. They got the hashtag on Twitter saying, we want to play. And they're expressing their grievances, which it's kind of a little hard to understand what it is they're wanting. Yeah. From what I understand, the crux of the issue is this 21-day acclimation period, which I don't even understand what that is. I can't get a definition anywhere. And the they had it, it had been recommended by the league, like doctor panel that the league put together to create a plan for the season and they recommended this 20 day 21 day acclimation period the nfl originally wanted players to report early to allow for that 21 day acclimation period so then there could be a preseason but the nflpa struck that down immediately so the players it seems like don't even want a preseason no they don't the We'll do a breakdown as best we can here because it's a lot confusing stuff. Uh, The original deal that they struck on training camp was this. Uh, Two fan events, no fans on the field, no contact or interaction with players. Uh, Locker rooms six feet apart. Players must maintain six feet during. Facility, weight rooms, showers, training room. Saunas and steam rooms will not be used during training camp. Uh, The players had wanted all meetings to be conducted virtually. However, the NFL put that in the agreement to the extent possible. If in-person meetings are necessary, teams must try to hold them outdoors. Physical distancing and masks are required for all meetings that occur in the facility, whether inside or out. Now, for proposed game day protocols, still a work in progress, but on-field seating for fans will be prohibited. Both teams will travel to the stadium via bus. No public transportation allowed. Media will be banned from locker rooms. I found that extremely interesting. Uh, jersey exchanges are prohibited, which that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, coaches and players will, be re- will not be required to wear masks on the sideline, but other game day workers in the bench areas would be required to wear masks. Anyone with bench access will be screened pregame, and all who record a temperature above 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit or might have been exposed to COVID-19, will not be permitted to enter the stadium on game day. Now, some of the NFL's travel rules for the year are no use of public or private transportation to or in other cities, no leaving hotel to go to restaurants open to public, no room visits by anyone outside the traveling party, 
No use of shared hotel facilities like the pool, gym, etc. Masks required while traveling. Buses at no more than 50% capacity. At least one open seat between passengers on the plane. Now, all 32 teams submitted infectious disease emergency response plans. Every single one of them. They were all approved, as you said, by the NFL chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills, as well as joint infectious disease experts. Uh, the union, the NFLPA, also must approve before teams can have more than 20 players in the building. So they've approved some of them, but they're still reviewing others. Right. Uh, and there's also the whole opt-out rule that they've established. It is that a player can opt out of playing in the 2020 season uh What's the date? August? August 1st. August 1st. So that's in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. And they will, it will not affect their contract and they will be able to play in 2021. Right. It just kind of puts off their contract year mm. that's upcoming in 2020. It just delays it till 2021. So they're basically like skipping a year in their contract. Right. And they can't be cut from the team. They can be traded though. Uh, but once it's given, that's it. You cannot play for the rest of the season. So they've got until August 1st to make up their minds on that. Now, this is what the NFL has come up with. To me, it sounds like pretty good, like they're being extremely thorough. Matter of fact, a lot of it, I think, is a little overboard. I do not know what the players are upset about. I don't either. I've perused some of their tweets to figure out what the sticking point is. The... 21-day acclimation, acclimation period seems, they all keep mentioning that. So that I was think shot that's down. Part of it. I don't know why they're bringing it up. It was shot down because of the CBA. Well, the union rejected it because they didn't want to have to report early. Right, because of the CBA. Right. Uh, OBJ tweeted that they don't know what the testing procedures will be yet. Zach Ertz said, you know, they don't know how many preseason games there will be. So I think that there's just not a whole bunch of clarity. It's a, To me, it sounds like a strike in progress. Right. Uh, the NFL has come out with their proposals. The NFLPA agreed to them at the beginning of the month. And now everybody's or the NFLPA seems like they're getting their, the players to backtrack on everything. Uh, the one thing they didn't agree on that. I'm pretty sure was never established was if they were going to have uh, any preseason games at all. The the NFL wanted two, and the NFLPA said, no, we want zero. The NFL Joint Medical Committee recommended a 21-day acclimation period. The NFL asked players to show up two weeks early to accommodate it. The NFLPA said no. Uh, it just seems like the NFLPA is not being... They all say that they want to play, but it doesn't seem like they're willing to give a whole lot. And to be fair, they kind of do have more of the power in this dynamic because without the players, you don't have a season. Well, you don't have a season without the fans. You don't have a season without the owners either. <laughs> well, it sounds like you do have a season without the fans because they're cutting us out like immediately. That's the first thing to go. I'll be honest with you. I'm not real, you know, when I said this, when all this stuff broke out with the uh, COVID, that I, it would be over with by the time of football season. I am really surprised that it is dragged out as long as it has. It's not making any sense to me or anybody else I know. People are just confused. And I am getting the feeling that we are going to have a disaster of an NFL season or no NFL season at all. And it just sucks. It's sad. It's sad. I agree. I'm, I'm getting the sense that it's the, probably not going to happen. The, the, uh, the closer it gets, mm -hmm. it just seems like there's just there's too many uh, outstanding forces issues yeah. fighting against each other, and they're not going to get it settled. It's I mean, what more could you ask? You know, you, you say, "Hey, I'm worried about my safety," and the NFL says, "Fine, don't play." Yeah. You know, we're not going to put, penalize you for if you don't want to play. We understand right. that. So don't play. It, what what else do you want from the NFL? Right. I'm not really and sure. And they're actually proposing a stipend for those people. And they're going to give them $150,000. Which, you know, for an NFL player, that's... Yeah, for but, most of them, that's For most not people, much. that's a pretty good stipend. Right. Yeah. Especially for you're not doing anything. Right. That's, a, that's like basically an unemployment check. Right. 
but it would be considered an advance on their 2021 base salary. So, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really sure what, what the grievances are with the players. You know, they're saying they don't know all this stuff, what is going on. They don't know if they're going to have preseason games. Well, talk to the NFL Players Association because, you know, the NFL reduced it down to two and NFLPA said, no, we want zero. You know, so it's, it's I, not the NFL's fault. I don't understand what the aversion to the preseason games is. At, at, at this point, I don't think we're going to have any. Yeah. And, you know, they're worried about they don't know what the procedures are for testing. I'm sure that's being worked out as well. But they said it right there in the proposed stuff that they were going to test everybody, including the people on the sidelines who aren't even part of the team. Basically, anybody that comes in contact with the team, whether they be reporters or Are they actually testing people, them or are they just doing temperature checks? Well, temperature checks. And that's going to be tricky, too, because it's not foolproof. I mean... Like, my mom, she had outpatient surgery uh, about a month ago, and she doesn't have AC in her car. So, she drove to the doctor's office 24 hours before to get kind of a exam to make sure that she was fit to go through the surgery. And she's sitting in the parking lot for them to come out and do a temperature check in her hot car in July. And they come out, and her temperature is above their threshold because mm -hmm. she's been sitting in a hot car. So they turned her away. So it just makes me wonder with people in a stadium like Ray J where it is hot, you know, how many people are going to fall below the threshold and how do you even control for that? Yeah. It's going to be a mess. It's, it's just a mess and it just doesn't, none of it, none of it, none of it makes sense all the way across the board. So that's what we got as far as the uh, COVID news and what's going on with the NFL. Well, wait, NFL I've got players. some more. Mike Florio with Pro Football Talk actually got a copy of the plan that the NFL submitted. Mm -hmm. And there's provisions about the pay. So as far as if the season gets canceled at certain points through the season, like say players appear at training camp and then the season gets canceled or players play in the preseason games and then it gets canceled. Then it has a kind of a graduated structure for how they would get paid. So it does a lot for that. And then with the injured reserve, we had heard that there was going to be a three week, like anyone that tested positive would be put on IR for three weeks. Well, that apparently applies to anyone that gets put on IR for any reason. Players that test positive for COVID-19, they won't be required to miss three weeks and they'll be placed on the commissioner's exempt list, not IR. Again, confusing. Right. Uh, <laughs> Just all a mess, man. Yeah, but they'll still get paid, the players would, even if they tested positive. Hmm. Do you remember back when Tom Brady was practicing with the guys in the Buccaneers and everybody was freaking out because they were going against the NFLPA guidelines? I do remember that. And it was a, just a big mess. Everybody was like, Tom Brady's trying to kill people. I found this funny. Cam Newton and Nikhil Harry, along with rookie tight end Devin Assisi, Asiasi, I guess, uh, they were spotted working out. They, they were more on the spot of working out. They filmed a bunch of videos of them working out, put it all up on Instagram and stuff. Uh, and there was plenty of people out there with them working out. Those were just the three guys, Cam Newton with some rookies and stuff. So everybody made a big deal about it. They were like, Woo -hoo -hoo, this is awesome. This is awesome. Not one single call of disgrace by the media because of COVID. Not one single one. I found You mean they didn't call the league to find out if they were allowed to do that? <laughs> no, I guess Jenna didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, just as an example, here's a CBSSports.com article on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers working out. The, the title was, Tom Brady, Buccaneers players reportedly still holding group workouts despite NFLPA recommendation. The byline to that says, Tampa previously announced that individuals within the club have tested positive for COVID-19. Okay, that's CBSSports.com writing about Tom Brady working out with the Buccaneers. Here's CBSSports.com writing about Cam Newton working out with the Patriots. Title says, Cam Newton continues Patriots workout tour, practices routes with 2019 first-round pick Nikhil Harry. The byline said, Newton is familiarizing himself with who could be the future at wideout for New England. 
not a single mention of COVID-19 or ignoring the NFLPA recommendations. I found that fascinating. And I searched through all the articles I could find. Nobody shamed Cam Newton for what he was doing. When he was doing the same exact thing as Tom Brady, I just found that very strange. And I think as Buccaneer fans, we got to get used to that. And it's coming from our own media. We've pointed that out, too. As a matter of fact, there was an article in The Athletic by our boy Greg Allman talking about Tom Brady and the Glazer family taking PPP loans from the government. Those are the loans that small businesses can get due to COVID. Now, basically, he blasted them. He did the old um, economic warfare thing where you pit the poor against the rich, it seems like. Uh, He was just basically saying that Tom Brady and the Glazers didn't deserve loans because they make enough money anyhow. I mean, here's what he says in in the, the, the first paragraph. It says, in many cases, funding intended to help small businesses has gone to companies owned by people with millions or even billions in wealth. He then goes on to say that Brady earned about $235 million so far in the NFL and that he will make another $25 million with the Bucks this year. Says that his company TB12 and the Glazers took money through PPP. Well, I decided to be kind of a journalist myself and did the same thing and looked at the Athletic Media Company, which is who owns TheAthletic.com. Now, the Athletic Media Company is based in San Francisco, California, and it is venture capital supported. Its investors include Bedrock Capital Partners, Y Combinator Research, Inc., Switch Ventures, etc. Now, the athletic media company, from my understanding, could not qualify for PPP loans because of the affiliate umbrella rules of PPP. In other words, there's too many employees under the venture capital companies combined. So they couldn't get PPP loans. So they don't qualify as small businesses, basically. Right, right. Uh, However... Some of the venture capital companies who basically own the athletic media company, you know, the athletic.com is, is supported by venture capital money. It's not supported by subscriptions, as you would think. Instead, it's supported by venture capital money. I'll get into that in a minute. Some of those venture capital companies did receive PPP loans, including Y Combinator Research. They got a loan for up to $350,000 that I know of. Now, The Athletic has claimed 500,000 subscribers in July 2019 at $64 per year. Uh, Let's just go ahead and double that to 1 million now. We'll say 1 million subscribers now at $64 per year. Comes out to, what, $64 million a year. Uh, Their employee salaries, they have 150 employees at TheAthletic.com. They average about $100,000 a year, which that surprised the mess out of me. I wonder if Greg Allman's getting paid that much. Uh, So that's about $15 million in salary. Uh, Then you add in travel expenses, we'll say another $15 million, $10 million. We'll say that's $25 million a year from that $64 million in income. Now, this does not include employee benefits, overhead, etc. So just on subscriptions alone, theathletic.com is about breaking even. But they've gotten $140 million dollars through venture capital funding. Like I said, that's where they get their money from, venture capital. Uh, They have had seven rounds in five years, raising $139.5 million. There's no way this company survives without injections of venture capital funding. Those venture capital companies have received PPP. I think Greg Allman needs to look into that a little bit too. Did you know Shaq Barrett not only signed his franchise tag deal, but Madden 21 does not even have Shaq Barrett in the top 10. What? Yes, they did the list that showed the top 10 pass rushers, you know, and give them their numbers. And Aaron Donald was, he got a 99. He was first place. Shaq Barrett wasn't even in the top 10. How ridiculous is that? That is so disrespectful. We don't get any respect in here. I mean, this guy is killing it. He killed it last Sack year. Leader. A be- he was <laughs> head and neck above anybody. And he's not even in the top 10, according to them. The same thing with Levante David. You know, you look at Levante David's stats. He blows Luke Keekley out of the water. I think the only two stats Luke Keekley beats him in is interceptions and maybe tackles. I'm not sure. But for, as, as far as everything else, I mean, tackles for a loss, fumbles, fumble recoveries, passes defense, everything. Levante David is the best in the league. And he doesn't even get Pro Bowl nods. 
It's just insane. It's insane. Ah, Buccaneer fans, we are a, uh, we're the redheaded stepchildren. <laughs> we sure are. Some of our NFC South rivals have announced their plans for the season as far as if if fans are, if we're going to have games. Yeah, How many is, fans there will this be? This is insane to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the Panthers reached out to season ticket holders and are giving them the option of attending a limited number of games. The ticket holders can opt out of this season with no penalty for next season, but no one is being granted access to every game. So a season ticket holder can only go to a certain amount of games. Correct. And they're going to, yeah. And single game ticket holders are being refunded and will not be able to purchase tickets this season unless the state changes its restrictions. Man. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. And then the Atlanta Falcons also reached out to their season ticket holders um, and gave them the option of using money that they already paid for individual already paid for season tickets toward individual games this season. They're going to distribute a survey to ask the fans which games they want to attend and then have a lottery, basically. Mm -mm -mm. Alternatively, the season ticket holders can roll their payments over to the 2021 season. They can also pay off their installments or speak to the team about a refund. Should they choose an option that keeps money in their account, the team announced pricing will remain flat next year. The Buccaneers haven't announced what they're going to do with tickets and attendance in the stadium this year, but it really, really sucks. Because here we go. We got Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. Ticket sales for season tickets were through the roof. We had, like, immediately, it was like 70,000 people were lined up, well, lined up on the Internet, uh, to get tickets. And now it's all for naught. You know, here we go. We have a, finally have an opportunity to fill up our stadium with nothing but Buccaneer fans. And then this mess happens. The universe hates us, Bucks fans. <laughs> That's the only explanation. Hey, did you see, you remember Devin White? He had that, that trail ride event. I do. Yeah, he went and uh, he does this in his hometown every year, yeah, apparently. Yeah, it's the second one that he's done. Okay, every year for two years. Yes. <laughs> It's an annual. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a trail riding. They, you know, they ride horses because he's really big in horses. If you don't know Devin White, that's he, that's his thing. Horses. Rip Daisy. His horse died last year. It was really sad. Uh, well, TMZ got a hold of the video of his party. I guess it was the after party or whatever. And, of course, when he was doing this or announcing that he was going to still hold it, the media was freaking out, you know, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, you know, they lost their minds. Yeah, they lost their minds. You know, he's going to kill everybody. And the TMZ got a hold of the video showing the after-party event, and it was like, it was probably 2,000 people there. It was in this, it, to me, it looked like in a residential neighborhood or something, but, I mean, it was just packed. It was just a ton of people. They had a DJ and all this. Everybody was out there partying, not a single face mask. In the oh, my God, no. <laughs> And of course, TMZ. Did Jenna called the local police. <laughs> the, uh, TMZ, of course, titled it as, as he was violating COVID rules and all this stuff. So, uh, but I, I think the police were there for like crowd control or something. <laughs> I can't remember. It's just oh, insanity, Lordy. That's yeah. funny. Uh, yeah, they kind of lost their minds about that. And it, it was just a little ridiculous to me because, like, it's a trail ride. So you have everyone's on a horse. And, I mean, you can't do anything but social distance on horses. <laughs> True enough. Well, unless you're tandem riding or something. I well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's too much. Maybe that's how we should play the NFL season on horseback. Make them all mm -hmm. play cricket. I mean, yeah, um, polo. 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 Yeah. polo football. That'd be awesome. I'd be down with that. Who, you know who wouldn't be? Eric Berry. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that horse phobia he's got a horse phobia i don't blame him i've never had a good experience with a horse they're scary when you get up close to them yeah. especially if they're kind of you know oof, oof. and i'm skeptical of wild or not even wild i'm skeptical of nature any animals <laughs> outside of like domestic house pets i'm very wary of <laughs> i you know like horses they're so big yeah, they can mess you up quick. But they're prey animals, so mm -hmm. they spook real easily. 
Yes. I just, I'm skeptical of all of them. You know, I just, anything. So you just got to walk up to him with authority. Let him know who's the boss. And Ralph like, just goes up and smacks him. Like, yeah, immediately. man. Immediately, the first thing. Show him who's boss. I look him dead in the eye and they just smack him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try uh, that next time. Well, speak of smacking. Oh, no. Redskins are changing their name. How about oh. that mess? Not only that. They got slammed by the media for some sexual harassment stuff. But they were getting slammed for the name thing. Yeah. Because. And, and they, I, th- I think this piece, I think it was the New York Times or something. Washington Post. Washington Post. Yeah, one of those. They already had this ready and they were getting ready to launch it against the Redskins to push them to change the name stuff. And Snyder kind of beat them to the punch. But. But they did it anyway. Yeah. And they ended up they firing all the guys that were in the article and stuff. But the interesting thing with the name change, I mean, I find this fascinating. Uh, you know, Nike took down all the Redskins merchandise off their store, right? FedEx, who owns the naming rights to the stadium, uh, said they were going to take their name down. Amazon refused, took all the Redskins merchandise out of their stores as well. I find this fascinating because all three of those are a breach of contract. Nike has a contract with NFL to sell their merchandise. FedEx has a contract with the Redskins to name the stadium. Amazon has to get licensed. All these individual people who sell stuff, they have to get licensed through the NFL to sell their stuff. And for Amazon to remove their stuff, these these people have to pay $150,000. If you want to sell anything with any sports logo on it, or NFL logo on it, you have to pay the NFL right off the bat $150,000. At least that's the last I checked, and that was got 10 years ago. So it's probably more. It's probably about $200,000. It's kind of like a, a franchise fee. So these these people who have these stores on Amazon, they have to pay this money, and Amazon just takes them down. So they just screwed a crap ton of people. And as far as FedEx threatening to take their name down off the thing, that's a breach of contract because they have a contract with the Redskins to... Uh, have their name up there. It's a contract. It's a legal document. Same thing with Nike. They have a legal document with the NFL to sell the stuff, and they went and breached contracts. So interesting, you know, the Redskins could sue all these, and they could win. It's it's blatant breach contract. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see if they do anything with that. I doubt they will. I mean, they are so deep in optics hell right now. <laughs> I mean, from every I couldn't have it to a better team. <laughs> I know. I don't really feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, well, it's how, how much are you going to throw at this one organization? Yeah, and also, it's not going to stop there. Right. It, we yeah. all see how this stuff works. I know. It's, it's not going to stop. I the, mean, the Chiefs? It, yeah, is, the Chiefs are in anyone, the mm-hmm. I haven't seen anyone mention the Chiefs. Oh, it's coming. They're I know, not gonna it's stop. coming. It's yeah. an industry now. It's an industry to well, the he, grievance industry. It, yeah, and here's my thought. Like, Okay, you go for the Redskins and the Chiefs. Well, then, how about like the Vikings? Because yes, you know, Vikings have a very, you very know, violent, sorted history. Yeah, history. Raping uh, and pillaging. Pirates. Guess, guess guys? who else does? Yes, pirates. Buccaneers. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Do, what do they do? Yes. You know, uh, dolphins are the, notorious gang rapists. <laughs> the Raiders. The Raiders. I mean, th- it's right there in the, the name. Ra- I know. The Raiders. You know, I just there's nobody safe. I think the baby horses. That's like it. The Colts. Well, you could say it's exploitative because they didn't get. Consent. Oh God, Peta would be all over that. <laughs> they didn't get consent from the big Colts <laughs> to have you know. So it's a uh, child exploitation. Yeah, there you go. Exploita- there you go. Or uh, horse trafficking. Some horse trafficking. Yeah, logo trafficking. How about that? We'll start a new <laughs> one. So it, it's never going to stop. It's not going to stop. The Redskins are just the first to fall. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things with this, though. The estimate is that it's going to cost the Redskins at least $15 million just to change their name. I mean, what a logistical nightmare. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. Okay, because, I mean, we have 56 days until kickoff. You think that they can get it? They haven't even gotten a new name. Yeah, they can't do it. They don't even have a name. They don't have a logo. I think the the, the Washington Foreskins is the best (laughs) so far. It just fits. That's offensive to circumcised people. Yes, there you go. Yeah, they should just just be a number. Yeah, the, the Washington, Washington threes or something. Right. Yeah. Of course, that's going to offend people that don't like math. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, you have to redesign. You got to get a logo. They don't have it. You got to design jerseys. 
This is all in 56 days. I mean, this is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. You need a website. You got to start selling your merch. Yep. Uh, what are you going to do about people who wear the old merchandise? There we go. That's what I was going to bring up. Are they going to prevent fans from coming in the stadium wearing the old Redskins logos? They're going to have to. And how are they going to do that? that I mean, that's going to be that's going to cause a lot of problems with people. And like you said, Redskins.com is still their domain. And it's even linked to from the NFL.com. It, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. And then how with the NFL, because we talked about this before with the jersey redesigns, like they only allow a certain number right. per year. And this is the first year we've had this many. It's what, four or five this right. year. So it, how did the how did the team get that permission from the rest of the league? Right. I mean, it, they just bypass league policy? Gonna, all of this. It's just by it's it's throwing rules and regulations out the window. To get this done. Like I said, I mean, we're talking about breaches of contracts from three huge companies. We're talking about, you know, having to change a name that, you know, usually the you have to submit name, color changes, all that stuff to the league a year in advance at least. And then also there's the whole trademark thing. No matter what they go with, you know, if they call themselves the Washington Penguins or the Washington Cardboard Boxes, they have to get that trademarked. And I've never seen a trademark go through the U.S. trademark system in, in, in minimum six months. Usually it's a lot longer than that, but six months. So they're going to be playing with an untrademarked team. But there is somebody who bought up all the good names. It was the Washington Warriors, the Washington. No, I don't think they did those. The front runners, I don't think, have been trademarked yet. But they will be because they've already announced. Yeah. So uh, so the, if they if they buy a Somebody who, if they buy a trademark who's that's already been registered, then they can transfer it. It won't be that big of a deal. It won't take as long. But then they're going to have to pay the trademark person millions. Yeah. I mean, this is, I don't know, man. It's just nuts. The whole world has gone insane. It's clown world. I'm still going to call them the Redskins. <laughs> I know. I mean. <laughs> so the favorite names are the Warriors, the Red Tails, or the Red Wolves. The Warriors. Red Tails. Red Tails is. I know the history behind it. It's it's cool and everything, but it's too how much long, like a like a bunny rabbit. Well, how long until that's cultural appropriation? Yeah, because yeah, isn't it the point. Tuskegee Airmen? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's a nice tribute now. Yeah. But as we've seen, this everything right. In two changes years, so quickly. I know. They'll probably be upset that that's you know cultural yeah. appropriation. I don't. Know, I mean, I don't know. And then the Warriors. What about that? I mean, yeah, that's, that's a generic warrior name. There, I mean, there's violent connotations behind that. Is that what's coming next? They're going to start going after team names that are violent? Probably. The toxic masculinity. I don't know. Got to get rid of that. It's uh Yeah, this has been by far the most interesting year of football in my life. I mean, This we've has got, just been the craziest year. We, I mean, we started... January 3rd, we were going to war with Iran. Does anyone remember that? <laughs> Do y'all remember that? I mean, uh, it just started off with a bang, and it's just been nonstop since then. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got Tom Brady. That was exciting. We got Rob Gronkowski. That was exciting. Then we got COVID. That wasn't exciting. <laughs> no. then, that was terrible. You know, now it's just been one thing after another, and the league doesn't know what's going on. The players don't know what's going on. Us fans definitely don't know what's going on. You've got sports writers attacking owners, attacking fans. You've got fans attacking players. Everybody's mad at each other about stuff. I just think... And that's not what sports is supposed to be about. Right. I just think that the lockdowns made everyone crazy. Like, I know I'm crazy. Because of the lockdowns. Like, I just feel like everything in the, like, everyone's just, you can't, we're not meant to be locked up in our houses. And and we're not meant to be, no matter what your views on wearing masks are, it messes with people psychologically. We were, I took my daughter to dance class last week and we're sitting in the lobby. We're all sitting there wearing our mask and this lady starts striking up a conversation and she says, you know what I hate about these masks? You can't see people smile. And everybody there just nodded. And a couple of people were like, well, I'm smiling right now. And she was like, I can't tell. You know, and, and that's the thing. You can't you can't read people's faces. I dabbled in dog training and 
Oh, I bet dogs are going nuts over there. I know. As, you know, when I was going through and doing a lot of research and all this. You didn't this, dabble like, in it. You had your I own business. I did. Uh, I, <laughs> said, you know, I didn't She was do actually it that really long. good at it, too. Uh, but, you know, I learned how much dogs rely on our facial cues. Yeah, they say dogs can read our faces better than people can yeah, read faces. Yeah, or at least as well as other people can. So our visual cues, I think, are so important. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you're taking away half the face with the mask. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be so confusing for small children in particular who are mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this has just had to have wreaked havoc on our kids Yeah, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially not being able to go to school, not being able to play with yeah. each other. That was our daughter was just a I mean, basket she's a, case. Yeah, she's an okay. extremely sociable kid, and this has really bothered her not being able to go out to the yeah, mall. Yeah, for and about play a month and, or two, she would not let us leave the room. Yeah, yeah, she was like all up us. I, what got us on that tangent? I don't really <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all uh, right, go ahead. What do you got? I was gonna say we should move on to the Tom Brady's accuracy video. Okay, we can do you that. Ready? Yeah. Well, yeah. I do have one addendum. Be short. One addendum to the last video, which was the last video that Ralph did, which was on Tom Brady's play behind the Bucks offensive line and his toughness. So we had Brian on YouTube that commented to say, Tom is fourth on the all-time sacked list with 500. He's been sacked. 500 times in his career. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Did not know that. He and Ben are currently third and fourth on the list, and the gap between number one and number four is so small that Brady merely needs to get sacked as many times as he was last year to pass Elway and Brett Favre. So he said the dude's not only tough, but he knows how to take hits. No doubt about that, and I appreciate that, Brian. That's some good information there. So Tom Tom Brady will probably at the end of this season be the – the, the number one sack leader. That's good stuff. But yeah, definitely. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Tom Brady is one tough dude, man. I mean, he has. And, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, he just doesn't get hurt. He takes a lot of hits and he just doesn't get hurt. He bounces right back up and keeps playing. So good stuff, Brian. Appreciate it. So let's get into the accuracy video, which really became controversial on YouTube. You had a lot of people upset about this one. And it surprises me. It surprised me too, because I thought it was the most point blank obvious one I've done yet. But almost immediately we got a lot of down votes on it and people were kind of upset about it. And I don't know if it's just the Jameis stands coming out that caught on to this. I don't know. And frankly, I got a little annoyed and was shorter with some of the commenters than I normally am. And I stopped commenting because I was like, I don't I don't like to be rude to people. I mean, occasionally I do. But uh, that's why she does all the social media stuff, because I like to be rude. to people. (laughs) And I I was ruder than I would have liked to have been. Ruder. More rude. Whatever. Grammar police. Um, But. People were very upset about this one, and I disagree because once you watch the video and see, to me, what was the most telling was the body language of the receivers when they were stopping to catch the ball or mm-hmm. the way that they caught the ball was the most convincing to me. And you got the added benefit of seeing all the the plays that I had that, that I didn't put in the video. So... If you combine, I, I was accused by a couple of people of picking out plays that made Jameis Winston look bad and plays that made Tom Brady look good. And I addressed that in the video, which kind of surprises me that people brought it up because I said, this is this is not what I did. These were atypical plays or typical plays. This is what happened on almost every single play. Now, I could I could have randomized the plays and picked them out of a hat, and they all would have came out basically the same way. But you did pick out random plays, correct? Right, yes. I didn't go through and pick out ones that showed Tom Brady looking accurate and Jameis Winston not looking accurate. Now, Jameis Winston would throw some accurate passes, and Tom Brady would throw some inaccurate ones. But the general rule was that Tom Brady was accurate 
much more so, much more of the time than Jameis Winston was. And like you said, you could see it when when you pause the video, right, when they catch the ball, you can see how distorted the Buccaneer receivers are, how they had to reach back or twist their bodies or whatever. Yeah, their center of gravity would often mm-hmm. be off, like they'd be off balance trying to catch a ball low. Or Rojo trying to catch a ball that went really high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston had a problem throwing to smaller players, which Tom Brady doesn't. He's just he's just so much more accurate. It's it's and off the charts, really. You were showing Tom Brady throw it to receivers in stride, where Jameis doesn't really do that. Is that no, correct? but also in Jameis's defense, we don't have a lot of plays. For that, you know, we run route trees uh, in this offense. It's the Air Coriel offense where, you know, the the, the players have a certain t- few routes that they can run based on how the defense is set up. But most of the routes are branches. You know, they you know they either run straight down the field or they cut to the left or they cut to the right or whatever. But they, they almost all start off going vertical and then they make branches off of that vertical route so you don't have these routes these drag routes the crossing routes the slants across the middle like you do with the patriots it's going to be very interesting to see if the buccaneers offense changes and starts throwing those in there i think i might have counted maybe 20 of those routes throughout the whole season last year for the buccaneers whereas with the patriots there was 20 in two games so, you know, it's just a it's just different routes. But the reason why I picked those routes going across the middle was one, you could see uh the players running in stride. You have to hit them in stride. To me, that's a good sign of accuracy. A lot of the Buccaneer routes is they go to a spot and they sit. Uh or, you know, they might cut to the left a little bit, but they're it's a really they're not running at full speed or at, at a great clip, and it's more of throwing to a spot. You know, whereas with the with Tom Brady, he's throwing at a moving target, and you got to hit him at a certain place that's moving. It's not throwing to a spot. So it, it was kind of in Tom Brady's favor picking those type of routes. But the main reason why I did it is because the camera angles you could see uh, where the ball was at and how the the receivers were running and on outside edges and stuff like that, you can't see the angle is good. So it, it was much harder to pick out whether the, the ball was placed well, the over the middle ones, it's just a better camera angle. That's one of the reasons why I picked that. But if you do remember when Brashard Perriman was making all those crazy catches at the end of the year, yeah, where you were like, there's no way he caught that. And mm-hmm. then every time he did. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, why was he having to make crazy catches? And we get that a lot with, you know, like Mike Evans has made some crazy catches. You know, uh, Cameron Brait has made some crazy catches. O.J. Howard, crazy catches. Chris Godwin, I think, is really going to benefit from this hitting and moving target in stride accuracy that Tom Brady has. Because when he when Jameis Winston was able to hit him in stride, he 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 tore it up. I mean, he really can run with that ball once he gets it. And he's not averse to contact. Right, so yeah. He'll yeah, run, he'll run right you over. over. Mm-hmm. So I think he's really going to benefit from this. And as I showed in the the video, there was quite a few instances where Godwin is running across the middle and he's got a wide open field. And if Jameis Winston would have hit him in stride, he would have picked up a lot of yardage. But Jameis Winston just couldn't hit him in stride. There was a couple times he did, but most of the times he just, he doesn't hit, he didn't hit players in stride. You know, they had to stop their momentum or twist around or something like that to catch the ball. It was, it was kind of eye opening to me, you know, because I went through every single pass over the middle from both players from 2019. And it, it, it's a huge difference. If you put it on a scale from one to 10, I'd give Brady a 9.5. We'll give him a nine. We'll say a nine. And I'd give Winston a four. You know, that would be the the disparity between the two. Yeah. It, it, especially just looking how they've got to contort their bodies or they've got to stop and come back to the ball. It was just not. I think the receivers deserve a lot of credit, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be like night and day for them 
with Tom Beatty throwing to him. Well, and he, you wonder, like, what if they're you you expect it to be oh it's going to be a lot better for the receivers but what if like mike evans he's been thr- mm-hmm, catching Jameis, mm-hmm. and before that he was catching balls by johnny, johnny manziel so maybe he could only catch from people that are not very accurate what i mean what if you never <laughs> yeah. know i mean what if he doesn't i doubt well, it a, i highly I doubt, doubt it, it but. Too, but that's his bread and butter is you know being able to box defenders out and yeah. jump up and catch the ball I think he's going to benefit by Tom Brady getting pressured because oh, Tom Brady true. is Tom Brady throws the ball when he's getting pressured. And if he doesn't have an open receiver, he throws it in the dirt or he throws it out of bounds. But I think with having Mike Evans, he's going to throw it to Mike Evans whenever he gets pressured and he doesn't have somebody else that's open. And what I love about this is when, you know, Mike Evans, he just throws his hand up in the air. Mm-hmm. He's going to, you know, Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady's going to know that. Yeah. 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 Whenever Mike Evans throws his hand up in the air, that means throw him the damn ball because he's getting ready to be open. And it's never failed yet. There's never been a time. And he doesn't do it every play. He only does it when he's getting ready to be open. And uh, every time he's done it, he's gotten open. But Jameis Winston hardly ever saw him. And it drove me crazy. I think Tom Brady's going to latch onto that pretty quick. Now, in your video, you had said Brady is better with the yards after the, or Brady's receivers are able to get more yards after the catch. Right. Than James. That, that's the benefit of being able to throw it in stride right. is they can catch the ball and keep running. Yes. So shortly thereafter, I think the next day it after you post your day. video, mm-hmm. which I'm actually very glad that they did this because they saved me a bunch of research. <laughs> Joe Bucks fan put out an article entitled, Is Brady Just Average? Where he looked at the stats four yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Yuck. And what they found is that Brady's receivers averaged 5.2 yards a catch. Yards after the catch. What did I say? 5, 5.2 yards after the catch, right? Okay. And Jameis had his was 5.1 and the league average was 5.1. So they're, they were about the same last year. Now, Brady's receivers, we've heard that a lot, that they weren't so great. Um, the Joes also looked at the Bucks targets as far as their yards after the catch in 2019. Ronald Jones had 9.7. 9.7 yards after the catch. Yes. Uh, Chris Godwin, 6.8. O.J. Howard, 4.8. Mike Evans, 4.1. Gronk in 2018 had four yards. Scotty Miller had 2.9. And Cam Brate had 2.75. So the only two that were above average was Ronald Jones and Chris Godwin. And, of course, Ronald Jones was the check down target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Godwin, as we said before, he fights... For that yardage. Yes. So, you know, I th- those are numbers and they, you know, they mean something, but it doesn't by any stretch of the imagination uh, tell you everything that goes on. Like you said, uh, Ronald Jones was the check down guy. I mean, he's not out there running routes like a wide receiver. And a lot of times what would happen is they would have the receivers go vertical, drawing everybody deep all the defenders deep, and then Ronald Jones would slip out, catch the ball, and he would have open field in front of him. And it happened a lot, you know, especially because we were behind and all that good stuff. And I'm, I'm actually surprised Dare Ogabawali isn't on that list because, you know, he was our third down guy, and he was used almost exclusively in fourth quarters. So, Thanks, you, Joes, for doing my research for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, one thing is, you know, when you say 5.1 yards – after the catch and then 5.2 yards after the catch average it's only a tenth of a yard more but when you add that up over 600 passes a year Mm. that's a lot of more yardage that just that tenth of a yard you know so you're looking at 60 more yards a year almost 100 more yards a year something of that nature so but no it's there's no doubt when you look at the film that Tom Brady is much more accurate and he is definitely much better at hitting guys in stride as they're running across the middle of the field. So overall the contest went to, okay, let's talk about the four 
Let's sum up the four videos you did. The deep ball. Deep ball. I gave that to Jameis Winston because he just had the numbers. Though, like I said, I don't have any, any doubt that Tom Brady's going to be able to throw the deep ball in Bruce Arians' offense. I mean, he's, he's not showing any rust on that cannon. Uh, okay, and then we had Brady's toughness. I gave it a tie, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a tie between okay. the two, but you pointed out to me after I did the video, I, I gave it a tie between the two of them, that my numbers didn't include the playoffs. And if I would and have done Super that, Bowls. yeah, and Super Bowls, but Tom Brady played in a lot more games. You know, that's, gosh, how many, how many he's played in over 30 playoff games, right? So I don't even remember. That would have definitely given the stats in Tom Brady's favor, so he would have won the toughness battle there. He was right under, I think, uh, Jameis Winston has played in 96% of his games, whereas Tom Brady has played in 95%. I mean, he's only missed one season. He has not missed any games other than that due to injury. Jameis Winston missed some games due to injury. So it was like 96 to 95 or something like that. But if you would have, if I would have counted in the playoff games, which I failed to do, then that would have put Tom Brady up at, you know, 98% or something like that. So he would have won in that. But I still kept it as a, as a tie because they're both tough. And then what was the other one? Accuracy. I'm drawing a blank. Accuracy. And then what was the fourth one? I know. <laughs> You don't know either. Okay, what did we cover so far? Uh, toughness. Toughness, accuracy. The oh, pocket ball. presence. Pocket oh, yeah, no, Tom, there's no doubt about that. Tom Brady won that one. So it was three to two in the categories uh, with Tom Brady. So, so you gave Tom, you, you gave a point each for toughness. Yeah, yeah, I just, you know. After, yeah, right? after it all. So. Yeah, so it was three to two, Tom Brady winning that battle. Which, you know, I mean, we all know that Tom Brady's better than Jameis Winston, but I wanted to see how much better he was in each different category. Well, and, you know, you got some criticism in the YouTube comments because we're still talking about Jameis Winston. But the whole point was to show, I mean, this is, our offense isn't changing that much. Right. Yeah, He's offensive the, line is the same, yeah. basically, except for the right tackle. So... This is a major change and a major position. And the point of the series was to show Bucks fans what we can expect mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah, because you're hearing stuff like uh, this offensive line is not going to be able to protect Tom Brady. He's going to get him hurt. You know, so I wanted to show that, one, Tom Brady doesn't get hurt. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't. He's a tough dude. And uh, two, he makes, you know, but by his pocket present, he makes the offensive lines he plays behind look better. You know, like I said, we're going to have a top 10, most likely a top five offensive line if we play this year. Just just by the simple fact that Tom Brady is much better in the pocket. He doesn't uh, scramble around back there and get the opportunity for sacks or fumbles. And he makes very quick decisions. And if he feels pressure coming, he throws the ball. And that helps the offensive line. Makes them look better. Right, because instead of a sack, he might... It, it would be an incompletion mm -hmm. or at best a completion. Right. So. Yeah, he's not going to try to outrun pressure, which Jameis Winston did too often, if you ask me. So, yeah, I was a little surprised at the the clap back we got on the YouTube video because of all of them I've done. I thought that was the most clear cut, clear cut one. <laughs> and it was funny because I had done the video, had it completed, and I showed it to Molly. I always show her the video before I upload it. And she pointed out a bunch of problems with the video, you know, the, the quality of it, basically. So I had to go back and redo the whole video, every single clip. And she was right. You know, it's it's weird when, you, when you're just like with music, when you're playing music and you play it over and over and over for, you know, 100 times or whatever, you start losing the 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 essence, it becomes a totally different song to you than it was when you started off. You don't hear what a person that's never heard it before hears. And that's the same thing with these videos. You know, when you spend hours and hours and hours working on stuff and you're putting clips together and all this, that's why I want a fresh pair of eyes. I never let her see it until I'm done with it. And then when I, I usually sit her down with a piece of paper and a pencil and say, here, mark down whatever, you know, criticisms you can think of or could do better and she like immediate was like yeah the graphics or the the quality of the video is just not good enough and i was like oh crap so such a stickler yeah <laughs> <laughs>
Well, no, you were totally right. When she pointed it out to me, I looked at it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? That'll make people sick. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. It was it was like it had paused, but there were two frames kind mm-hmm. of overlapping and it was hard to see. Yeah, everything was like ghosted. Dude. Yeah. 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 All right. Hey, good news. Ryan Jensen won something in the offseason oh, here. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's a good hot chicken wing eater. <laughs> I think he's just a good eater. In general. I do too. That guy <laughs> loves food, man. You go on his Instagram or his Twitter, it's all he talks about. He's always posting, and he's always posting on his grill. You said he cooks in his kitchen sometimes. He I does. have never there seen him. There was a video his of him cooking. Well, I mean, like he preps the meat in the kitchen and then takes it out to the grill. <laughs> he loves his grill, man. He's every day he's the posting man pictures. Likes of, to eat. Heck yeah. We just grilled out the day. I forced Ralph. Yeah. Me and one of my neighbors out there grilling. Two dudes sitting over <laughs> in the hot sun, staring uh, it was at some, so hot. Yeah, um, Deshaun Jackson. Oh gosh! What okay, is this up, one. Man? You know that is some crazy stuff to me. It's uh, I I don't um. Here, here's what happened. Read the room, dude. That's <laughs> that's what I would say to Deshaun Jackson. Well, here's what happened. If if you're not familiar, Deshaun Jackson posted was it on Instagram? I think it something? was Instagram. Yeah, a quote from what he thought was Hitler about how uh, African Americans are the legitimate Jews and Jews are uh, keeping keeping black people down and yeah running everything yeah it was a very very strange thing now i'm familiar with it because i've been in that culture before i'm familiar with the hebrew israelites what they preach and all that good stuff and you know i knew it was a thing but i definitely did not expect deshaun jackson well here's the thing you read a quote a quote that you think is from hitler yeah and then you're why would anybody think that was a good thing yeah I mean, that's but then just the quality of the quote, what it was saying, you know, in this climate, you just can't do that. Yeah. But apparently you can because he had a lot of people supporting him. He did not really get condemned a whole lot. No, the team condemned him and fined him, I think. And then it made him do an apology. But he had a lot of defenders, too. A lot he of people. St- stood yeah. up and yeah. said yeah well this is true stuff when it was totally fake it wasn't even a quote from well, hitler to begin the one with. <laughs> that i loved was malcolm jenkins coming out and saying basically the jews aren't our problem and i'm like you just gave drew Brees the hardest time yeah right yeah the difference between what drew Brees yeah. said i mean drew Brees was basically i, I i'm not gonna kneel for the flag yeah and everybody and I jumped don't agree on with doing that right and then deshaun jackson posts basically that Jews are demons, and uh, yeah. you know a quote from Hitler, who he thought, yeah. and everybody's kind of like, eh, you know, it's just Deshaun. <laughs> <laughs> Some people it were even going, "That's right, weird. man." I was like, "Oh my, what are you doing, dude?" Yeah, come on. But that's to Deshaun Jackson for you. I'm glad he's off our team. I know. Although if he would have done it while he was on the Buccaneers, he probably wouldn't have got any attention. <laughs> you know, probably not. It was. Yeah, just uh, in this climate, just don't say anything. How about that? I know. Just speak in That's, numbers. Don't say team names. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't look at people. Just keep your head down. Mumble. <laughs> Everything will be okay. You kind of have to bubble now with a mask on, you know. That's true. Garble. I'm constantly having to pull it down to say stuff to people because they can't hear me. That defeats although, the purpose. Although my mask is a little different. I have a... <laughs> A mask I made myself. That's the Obama Joe from I didn't know Mad it was Max. A, a thing. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. With the big teeth and the two. It's, yeah, it's, it's scary really, looking. It's really scary looking. Scares I love the it. small children. Yeah. But 3D printed it. I, I sound like Bane from Batman when I talk. <laughs> well, because it's plastic. It's not yeah. cloth or anything. Yeah. Like, we are here to overtake your city. <laughs> what? What'd you say, dude? <laughs> Uh, can I get a Big Mac? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves it, though. I get I get a lot of compliments on that mask. They're just scared of you. That's why. Hey. <laughs> if I'm going to be forced to wear a mask, I'm going to wear one that scares the crap out of people. Make them wish I didn't have a mask on. All right. Anyhow, that's going to wrap it up for us. 
If you want to get in touch with us, the best way to do it is probably Twitter or YouTube. Uh, go to our website, BuccaneersObserver.com. It has all of our contact information there. You can reach us directly from the website or you know, follow the Twitter links or whatever. You can, almost, you can also comment on the YouTube video. That'll work. Yeah, and another thing I've noticed, I know here in this offseason, we haven't done a lot of podcasts and stuff uh, as much as we normally do. Many different reasons for that, but... Uh, we haven't gotten like hardly any star ratings on any of the podcasting, like Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. The last one was from like five months ago. So if you get, if you feel like it, get a wild hair up your butt, uh, go leave us a five star review. If you're going to leave us a one star review, then I would suggest you not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us some reviews. Let us know you like us. Maybe it'll motivate us to do more podcasts. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> If we go, we were so funny because we're we're getting ready to do this podcast, and then you know all this stuff comes out about the players. This has happened almost every day. We're like, okay, let's do a podcast because we like to stay upbeat as much as possible. And uh, you know the the last podcast we did right before we went to do the podcast, that Washington Post article came out. So I sat there and read that, and I just got so despondent. Oh, the po- the podcast that we didn't post, right? Uh, yeah. And then today we're all like, okay, let's get this done. Let's get this done. And then all of a sudden, this uh, the player stuff come out with the hashtag we want to play. You know, and it's just like, oh my gosh, can we can we please just get to sports? So here we are, getting to sports. Now we're leaving it. That's gonna wrap it up for us. Till next time, go Bucks. <laughs>